Welcome to Yara's Grow the Future podcast. Yara is the global leader in crop nutrition knowledge and a producer of quality fertilizer products. Grow the future with Yara. Welcome and Happy New Year from me, Ken Rundle and Natalie Wood, Yara's Agronomy Operations Manager. This early in January, it's an ideal time to consider any lessons learned from last season as we intensify the focus on the next. And Natalie, we're going to do that by looking over the results and data produced from various trials and research, particularly with cereals uh, carried out over, what, 2022. I suppose it doesn't do any harm to explain why Yara does this work, who does it and what you focused on last year. Yeah, so certainly, obviously, from our tagline, Knowledge Grows, we are a knowledge-based company. Um, So we're continually investing in research and development. And those activities do include trials because we want to build on that existing knowledge base. But as well, we, we, you know, it's research as well. So it's it's looking at new things and and developing that new knowledge. Um, So, yeah, we, we conduct or we commission independently conducted field trials every year. Um, and gathering that data that's relevant to improving crop nutrition recommendations and particularly, you know, overall nutrient use efficiency on farm, um, as well as field trials. In 2022, we entered into the um, Knowledge Transfer Partnership, the KTP, with Cranfield University. So again, you know, we're dedicating that time and investment to gaining more knowledge um, on all areas of our, our business. And as you stressed, it's independent research. Very often you bring in contractors. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we don't have any of our own fields, for example. So all the stuff that we do is through um, contractors and independently managed. And we had many trials, but I guess the the three um, that I'll talk about in this um, podcast is the sulfur work that we did. So we we do some sulfur work every year, really, just to maintain that long term um, knowledge that we've got on it. Sulfur is obviously very important. we always do nitrogen work as well, as you'd imagine. So we've got some long-term nitrogen dose response work going back to the 70s, I think, um, originally. But we we add on to that every year so that we've got that long-term data. And it's, you know, it's useful to have that because you can look back and say, right, if we go back to X year, um, it's very similar conditions. So we can expect the optimum will be, you know, whatever this year. So it's really useful just to have that long-term database. Um I guess slightly new is the folio nitrogen. So obviously that's been very um, t- very well talked about this past couple of years. So we've been doing a bit of work on that as well. Um, and then always, again, with the micronutrients, because obviously the Aravita is an important part of our business in terms of all the micronutrients that we have there. So I guess that's what we'll focus on for, for this podcast. You mentioned there about data sets and, and comparing particular years, that hence the, the, the depth of research important. Last year was certainly a testing one for farmers in many parts of the country with floods, storms and droughts to contend with, not to mention a volatile grain market and continued rising costs. So did the type of season it was affect the research projects? Well, when we plan stuff, obviously you can't plan for the weather. So you kind of have to plan, you know, independent of what the season's going to throw at you. um, You're in the same boat as farmers, obviously. Um, So you can't really change your type of research looking at the weather. But what we do do is make sure we, you know, we never have one trial where we only have it on one season. So all our work will be carried out over three seasons as a minimum so that we can get an average result. Um, So certainly, you know, with that dry year that we had, um, in 2022 it will have affected some of the trials but because we've got them in a series 
then you know that will just affect the the overall average so yeah we always have to make sure that we've got a representative kind of sample across a few seasons well let's get down to the detail as you explained you looked at three main topics let's start with sulfur yeah so you know as i mentioned sulfur is a very important nutrient um and um we invest in looking at sulfur work every year um uh, you know, we've talked a hell of a lot about nutrient use sufficiency over the podcast, um, and it, you know, it's still as important as ever. Um, and sulfur is very important for increasing the nitrogen use sufficiency, and therefore the overall nutrient use sufficiency as a whole. Um, we know about that close relationship between the nitrogen and the sulfur, so that's why we always, you know, bang on about sulfur applications because you know it's not it's not cheap to put your nitrogen on. So making sure you've got the sulfur there is going to make your nitrogen work harder as well. So, yes, that's the background in terms of why we always do um, sulfur work. Um, the responses, again, will differ very much compared to the site that you're on, whether it's a responsive site or not, the weather conditions, et cetera. Um, but what we do is the trials every year and then add them onto our long-term averages. Um, so if we think of the, we'd had a, a sulfur response in winter wheat this year, where we looked at, um, say, Extran versus Axan, so that's straight nitrogen versus an NS product. And in the wheat, we got 0.3 tonnes per hectare uh, yield increase. And if we add that into our average, I think it brings it to about uh, 0.8 tonnes per hectare average response that you can expect um, from sulfur in wheat. And I mean, one year we got 1.4 tonnes per hectare, which is a, an amazing response. You wouldn't really expect that kind of uh, performance normally from sulfur, but it just shows, you know, some sites will be that responsive. So, you know, it, it it's, um, just differs every year, but we'll add this into our long-term uh, average response. Uh, what we also had within this site was looking at urea versus um, amidas, which is your urea sulfur product from us. Um, and again, we got an increase there um, of 0.3 um tons per hectare so you know it's um it shows that you know independent of what type of sulfur you've got in the system you know we've got that 0.3 ton per hectare increase there um and also within that trial obviously we've got the an versus the urea um and we had um 0.2 to 0.3 tons per hectare increase from using the the an versus the the urea based products as well so you know, it's kind of a two-pronged um, trial looking at the sulfur and the, the urea versus the AN. Well, you, you mentioned that. Let, let, let's look more detail at the nitrogen, particularly the foliar sprays. Uh, what were the findings? Yeah, so if I um, think of what we did uh, last year, we've got the endos response that I mentioned, you know, that we do every year. Um, and we do that to look at the optimum rates. So, this is the economic optimum as well. So we do take the nitrogen price into the equation um, to look at that optimum. So we do those year on year, but within the, the trials as well, we had these foliar treatments, which is our safe end product, um, 300 grams per liter of nitrogen in there. Um, and we had 60 kilos of straight N followed by 40 kilos. And then we had two applications of safe N. So um, one was at 37 and the other one was at growth stage 45. Um, and we've, this is the second year that we've done this trial actually. So the first year um, we had slightly better results, I guess. 
Um, but what was coming out was the fact that the nitrogen use efficiency from that was was way too high. It was up at, say, 120%. Um, and you don't really want to go any higher than, say, 90%, really, because once you do, you start mining the, the inherent soil fertility. So whilst it might sound good that you've got, you know, a really high um, nitrogen use efficiency, it's actually not that great because you're stealing from your organic matter you know, that inherent uh, fertility that you've got in the soil. So whilst it might work on kind of a one-year basis, it's not kind of a sustainable uh, practice to do year in, year out. So obviously with with um, the focus being on a lot of foliar nitrogen, you know, being bought in, out there in the market, we're continuing to do the trials to see, you know, what results we got. So again, in 2022, we had that same kind of series with the 60-40, then two applications of the SAFE N. Um, and this year, uh, the yield was, you know, it was okay. Um, it was, say, comparable to around 120, the yield you, we were getting from 120 kilos of nitrogen versus, you know, with the foliar end, it was only getting 112 kilos. Um, but I guess what what we're also looking at is the protein levels of all of these treatments. So we've also got the, obviously we do the grain analysis from all of the, the treatments as well. And there was quite a significant drop in the protein levels from that foliar application. So whilst it might, you know, it, it could swap out for some of your nitrogen, um, you know, it's not going to be equivalent to a protein dressing. So certainly if you're, if you're looking to do um, foliar nitrogen, at the last timing, if you are trying to get the protein, make sure you still have that separate application of something like Newfold, for example, to get the protein, because, you know, we've just seen such a drop off in the protein from the foliar nitrogen. And I think that's just because, you know, it hasn't got enough nitrogen in the system. It might be able to get the yield, but it's, you know, it's not pushing through to the, the grain and getting the protein. Almost empty yield, isn't it, in that sense, mm. as far as, far yeah, as customers I mean, are concerned? Yeah, I mean, if you're aiming for yield, obviously with um, other uh, non-bread making varieties, then that's fine. But yeah, if you are pushing for that protein, then just be aware, you know, it, it's probably not the right product for that. But you've raised two or three points there in terms of uh, considering the whole overall chemistry and the overall structures of soils, as it is increasingly going to be the focus. We've talked about obviously sulfur now because we no longer have the, thank goodness, the pollution that was around for our fathers and forefathers generations. Mm. And likewise, organic matter is going to be something that people are going to be looking at in future. And again, you don't deplete yeah. organic matter and soil structure just for the just for the yield. No, no. And obviously, you know, people have been talking about building that in the past decade, haven't they? And it's that, you know, it's not a short process. So you might have depleted, say, 50 kilos of nitrogen from that one year where you use the foliar. But how long is it going to take you to build back that, you know, build back in the fertility? It's not going to be as quick as a year. So it's just, yeah, just being careful with with that and making sure you are putting back in what you've taken out. Well, the other one, of course, is micronutrients and even the biostimulants. But I gather that yeah. wasn't necessarily with cereals. That was with potatoes. Yeah. So um, we've got, you know, various trials on the micronutrients because, um, you know, it's a large part of our business. But um, if I think of a, a specific trial where we were looking at a combination of micronutrients and biostimulants, because I think um, biostimulants on their own, whilst they might make a slight difference i think they're always better in a mixture with um other with micronutrients they seem we seem to get a much better results when there's that combination um so what we were looking at in this particular potato trial was um looking at 
uh, Magfos K, which is one of our um, YRV products. And then we had a biostimulant in with the Magfos K. So we've got, um, you know, a control which had nothing and then Magfos and then Magfos plus the biostimulant. Um, and yeah, we, we increased the, the marketable yield in the potatoes by four tons per hectare from the biostimulant over the Magfos K. Um, and similar from the control, it was about the same that the Magfos K, you know, increased as well. So actually, if you've got Magfos K plus biostimulant, you've got nearly, you know, eight ton per hectare more than the control. Um, so that's what we were looking at. And obviously, this is the first year. So again, we'll we'll run some more trials on that to make sure that the data is robust, but certainly encouraging results um, from the biostimulant application there. I know that would be with wear crops and uh... The other thing I was wondering was, obviously, some potato growers really suffered this year because of lack of water. But you obviously your site was was in a good area with getting those kind of results. Yeah, um, I think the site was irrigated. But again, it was, um, you know, it was a, a site that the contractor found. So, um, you know, not one of our not our site. So we weren't in control of, of anything else. So what we do with with these field trials is the farmer normally takes care of everything. Um, and we're a bit in his hands, I guess, because if he doesn't put the pesticide on or if he doesn't irrigate, then it will affect the trial. But because it's affecting the whole trial, I guess it's representative. So, yeah, we're, we're still open to all the other problems that farmers will have in the in the trial work, which is why sometimes, you know, you can't rely on that one year of data. Um, so, yeah, it is very much dependent on the season and how the, the crops are managed. How can farmers and their agronomists get a look at that data in more detail? Yeah, so um, on our website, we've got those trials that I mentioned. You, you can uh, see an article there in more in-depth and actually look at the data in, in a graphical format. Um, and also any farmer meetings and events that will be coming up, um, you know, I'll be uh, talking about those same results there and some of our other results as well. Um, I didn't go into any of the organomineral results because I know my colleague um, in previous podcasts has talked about those, but all those kind of things will be you know, available on the website as well. Did the 2022 results influence your plans? I mean, obviously you're planning ahead as mm -hmm. everybody is at this time of year. They've already made the plans in many respects for research in 2023. What kinds of things are you going to be looking at? You've made basically yeah. just more of the same or are there one or two new ideas? Yeah, so obviously depending on where these trials are, some will be in year two of the third, the three years, for example. So you know, we'll either be repeating them or they'll have come to the end of their, their trial series. But yeah, like you say, um, we'll be repeating some of those trials. We'll also be doing some new trials on the organomineral fertilizer. So looking at some some different crops like oats, for example, that we perhaps haven't done so much work in. Um, so looking at oats and again, you know, the, the good old oilseed rape cereals, you know, that's our main kind of focus for our trials work. Um, so we'll, we'll always have some work in those, but yeah, certainly looking at any of the new, new products, new, um, micronutrient mixtures and things like that. So that's some more of the development and research side of things rather than the maintenance trials. So yeah, a bit of everything. Yeah. It's interesting that oats are beginning, getting sexy again now with all kinds of alternative <laughs> uses for, for, for oats, no yeah. longer just the feeding horses or whatever. Um, <laughs> Uh, so as we come to the end of this podcast, Natalie, are there any things you'd like farmers to remember as they work on their plans and schedules for 23? Yeah, I think um, just be mindful, I guess, of the the foliar nitrogen. You know, there's, there's been good stories out there, I guess, from people selling, but just, you know, make sure that you don't 
take too much out of the soil. Um, just make sure you're on top of monitoring, you know, what you are using. And like I say about the protein again, just be careful if you are trying to make that protein level that, um, you know, foliar nitrogen, it might not be the right answer and, and stick to something like Newfold, for example. But, you know, also I'd encourage farmers to do their own trials on farm. Um, you know, it's the best data if it's off your own field. So, you know, split field trials, maybe if you're thinking about the biostimulants or one of the um, micronutrient mixtures, but you're not quite sure, you know, split split field or tramline trials can be a great indicator of, of you know, particularly your own farm so yeah i definitely encourage anyone to do that um and zero n plots if you can do a zero n plot then that's um you know a really good way of monitoring nitrogen and, and mineralization on your own field so um i think tom mentioned that in one of the previous podcasts um so yeah anything that you can do on farm really to uh, to get your own data is ideal and also take account of the fact that any new varieties you might be considering may also have different uh, requirements regarding nutrition, which have to be yeah. taken account in or even learned as you go along. Yeah, certainly. You know, some of the new varieties are slightly different in terms of how their um, NUE is. So, yeah, certainly you need to, you know, do some work on your own farm so that you know, you know, exactly how to, to treat them for your fields. If you can't measure it, you can't manage it. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Natalie. We've kicked off 2023 with some hard information to work on. And as you've suggested, more information can be found on the Yara UK website. I'm Ken Rundle, and with me has been Natalie Wood, Yara's Agronomy Operations Manager. I look forward to speaking to you again throughout the year. Thanks for listening to Yara's Grow the Future podcast. For more information, visit yara.co.uk or yara.ie.